Hi, I'm Rando Nahr, and what you just heard there was the sound of Bark Flum eating some, what'd you call it, Bark? It's called Miner's Lettuce. Eating some Miner's Lettuce that he found on the side of a cliff uh, at a beach. Um, Bark, it's amazing that you you know what to eat when you're just like wandering around and stuff. You tell us a little bit more about how that how you survive in uh you know in the wild. Absolutely. Hi, I'm Bark Floam. You might know me from my popular survival series, Survival, where I tackle the most inhospitable human environments and show you how you too could survive. Last week, I was in the Arctic tundra, thousands of kilometers away from anything. And I was able to make a toothpick out of ice to get the whale blubber out from the food trap between my molars. I was also recently in the untouched and completely pure culture of Bali, where I had a completely self-motivated realization that well it's all really important and extremely badass to explore the roughest most hostile environments in life that come from nature obviously because I'm bark flown um I also realized that there's an entire landscape within me that I've been neglecting to explore and survive. Whoa, dude, that sounds like some pretty, uh, like, uh, existential kind of shit you got going on there, Burke. Um, so, what happened next? Well, I was in Bali, talking through a satellite uplink to Cabin Guy, who I think, I think you met, you, my, Maybe maybe you haven't met yet, but I'll introduce you to him. I think you guys have a certain kind of, you know, mental gestalt in common. And I was talking to Cabin Guy uh, through the satellite uplink from behind this mask where I cleverly ethnographically camouflaged myself from the locals. And I realized, completely kind of of my own volition, that... I was searching, searching other cultures and hostile environments, the most hostile environments that the earth has to offer, and surviving them with nothing but my ingenuity and wilderness survival know-how. But I was not necessarily completely an aficionado, if you will, of my own inner landscape. And so today, on this episode of Survival... We're going to go to the most potentially hostile, terrifying environment on this planet. Our own minds. Join me and my co-host, Rando (laughs) Nahar, for another episode of Survival.
Hey, yeah, I uh, just wanted to chime in there, uh, Bark. This is Cabin Guy. It, uh, yeah, we still don't know how to like edit these things or have music or anything. So, uh, you know, the dramatic pause is all well and good, but you should probably just keep going with the uh, the podcast there. Uh, we can't even like trim out the silences or anything. So, all right, that's really good to know. The first thing you need to know about survival. Did you hear that? Is to know exactly what you're dealing with. I mean, when you don't have fancy supplies or satellite uplinks. There it is again. Was that just an echo? Or am I surrounded? Anyway, when you don't have fancy supplies, your knowledge is the number one asset that you have. Always remember this. Always also remember what time the sun goes down and how much food you have. For these are going to be metaphorically carried over to surviving our inner landscapes. So, I'm not really equipped for this. I don't know really where to start. And at the essence of this is the hero's journey. I'm joined by German psychologist uh, Aronoff Wattelstink. Did I say it right? Yes, that's Aronoff Wattelstink from University of, uh, you know, Berlin. Okay, Aronoff Herstink has some pretty interesting ideas about where we're going to start on our hero's journey as the way to explore the self. Yeah, so the hero's journey is basically some archetypal journeys that we all have uh, within ourselves. In the hero's journey, we are the hero. Yeah, like you are, you are your own hero. No one else is the hero. You are the hero. And in the hero's journey, there are several uh, archetypal state. And he's going to say there's several archetypal stages of of, of uh, development. Um, his accent's kind of kind of thick and a little drifty, so. I was just going to weigh in and, and, and say that. Yeah, so we are, we are exploring the, uh, the inner landscape as the hero of our own psyche. And one of the very first things is that there will be some sort of call to adventure. And the, the adventure is uh, uh, stepping outside of oneself to uh, be more than we were before. It will uh, always entail leaving the mundane world behind. The worlds that we knew so, or thought we knew so well. Uh, this, this becomes obsolete. But it, but it's often the case that it takes a while before a hero, uh, you know, uh, comes around to this. So there's a call to adventure, which is like, hey, leave the mundane world behind. And then there's often the refusal of the call because you're not ready yet. And then often you meet a master, some sort of mentor. In your case, uh, maybe it was this cabin guy. And then there's a, uh, you know, another call. And maybe you don't refuse the call. Maybe you answer the call to adventure. And then you go on this adventure and Sorry, um, I'm, I'm just 
going to interrupt for a second just to say that that rumbling sound that you hear in the background is, is an enormous boat. This enormous boat is, is, is just, just, just going, you know, towering through the ocean. And oh my God, there's another enormous boat. And they're, they're going head to head in this tiny pass. And in between them is something glistening in the water. I can't quite see what it is. I'm wondering if it's a sea lion or a log. This is also uh, a place where people see orca whales, the killer whale. I've always thought that if I were a whale, I'd be an orca whale. I'd kill things and eat them like I do to survive in the wild. Anyway, let's get back to our expert, uh, the, the German psychology guy. Yeah, so we are essentially this, this hero and called to this adventure. And this adventure will ultimately lead us to a treasure that will change the way we live in the world forever. The, uh, the mundane world that we knew before will be gone and we will be, uh, as it were, uh, initiates into an entirely new uh, way of being. And this is, this is the hero's journey and this is what I think you, uh, Bark Flom, are uh, embarking on in this, uh, in this sort of journey of self-realization. Wow. And that was a very profound and, and moving account. And I must say, I really like the idea of being the hero. And this is a role that I'm very used to as, uh, from, my, from my show Survivor, Survival. And uh, I mean, obviously, I am the hero. I'm the hero of my own journey. I'm the hero of the audience's journey through the most extreme environments on earth. And now I get to be my own psychological hero. So I'm, I'm going to, at this point, I'm going to leave it up to our producer, um, Cabin Guy, and ask him what he thinks my next step should be. Because I'm pretty almost completely unaware of how to take this. I mean, even though German psychologists gave us the, uh, the kind of outline, I don't really know what to do with it. So I'm just going to patch in Cabin Guy. Oh, hey. Hey, uh, how you doing there, Burke? I'm very good there, Kevin Guy. I'm very good. Um, I was wondering if you've heard about the hero's journey. Have you been listening in from the satellite uplink that we have? Oh, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's like uh, Carl Jung and stuff, right? The uh, hero's journey, like the kind of like, uh, you know, what do you call it? Archetypal sort of journey of the uh, the human psyche through, uh, you know, to a, a new kind of consciousness world and understanding and all that, eh? That's exactly right. That's exactly what it is. And uh, I'm going to admit something to you, and I don't like to admit weakness, because I'm, I'm a very strong and capable person. But the thing I'm going to admit to you, Kevin Guy, is that I don't really know what the next step on this journey is. I mean, can you, can you weigh in here? 
because you were kind of periphery around when I initially had this this realization in Bali that there's more to me than just the rugged survivalist, you know, triumphing in the roughest, most hostile environments on earth. Oh, I'm Bark Flum. There's also an inner Bark Flum. Maybe more phloem, some xylem, and surrounded by the bark that is on a journey through the wilderness of my soul. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's a doozy you got there, Burke. Well, what I could suggest there is uh, to take stock of your uh, mundane world, as it were, like. Uh, you know, this uh, rugged uh, kind of survivalist, uh, you know, persona you got going on. And uh, kind of consider what else that you might kind of want. Like uh, deep down kind of thing, you know. Like, uh, is there more to life than just being this rugged survival guy? And if so, what could it be? And uh, how could you get there? And what you got to do? Because... Uh, Ultimately, the uh, the treasure that you find eh, is not going to be like uh, gold bullion or anything. Eh? It's going to be like uh, insight that changes your outlook on uh, life there. That's exactly right. I mean, you've also given me the outline, but I'm still looking for something to grab onto. I'm going to have to do a little bit of psychological exploration. Maybe a spelunking of my psyche. So grab your headlights and let's head on into the cave of my inner being. At this point I'm going to call on my other producer, um, Rando Nar. Rando, uh, Rando, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, dude. Uh, Alright, so... Well, I'm not like a psychotherapist or anything, but uh, <laughs> I, I can tell you I've done a lot of introspecting when I've been bobbing out there in the ocean on my board. And uh, one thing I can I can say to you with total confidence, man, is that you just got to like give it your all, you know, and just kind of like be in your head, but also like get out of your head. Because, like, when that wave is, like, that swell is rising behind you, man, and, like, you're just paddling as hard as you can, I can tell you that the key to success is not to be thinking about it too much. You know, that's like you get all tripped up and shit. So, I want you to just, we're going to do, like, a free association exercise here where you're just going to say the first couple things that, that come into your mind, okay? Uh, I'm going to say... Inner desire. And what's the first thing that comes to your your mind, Bark? Uh, I have to say that it is um, ba- ballet dancing. Uh, okay, that's pretty good. All right, let's go. Um, what I've always wanted but never had. What, what comes to mind when I say that? Um, uh, what I've always wanted and I've never had is, um, well... Closeness. Closeness with another another human being that understands what it's like to survive 
the most hospitable environments on earth and to conquer them with my superior knowledge and skills because I'm Bark Flum and I will survive. <laughs> yeah. Alright, dude, well, I think we got to uh, call in some professional help here. Uh, I'm going to bring it back to a, a conversation that I had about you with the uh, German psychologist. Yes, my name is uh, Sven Hetogartz, and I am actually not German. I am from another place, uh, maybe Scandinavian place. Uh, anyway, I think when I hear uh, Bach Floam, uh, it is obvious to me that um, and now, yes, <laughs> I, I, I'm also German too, a little bit. You, you'll hear that it's coming back and forth, back and forth. Uh, it is uh, like, anyway, a split identity of my own linguistics. Uh, I hear this incredible ego, you know, he's, he's, he's so full of himself and he must be full of himself to survive. But there is more to life than simply surviving. There is what I call sur sur thriving, you know. There's there is getting by and meeting your material needs, but then there is also this spiritual richness, this uh, art and culture. Yeah, he uh, mentioned something about ballet dancing. Yes, things like that. Things like that that have nothing to do with direct survival. This is what separates us from other animals and things that don't have ballet. This is this is the human essence, the culture that he needs to seek out. Bach is obviously a storyteller. What is this other story he has not told? Bach, if you are here now in my Scandinavian studio, I'd ask you what is this other story that you have not told? That's this, this is this is this is this is Bart Flom again, and that is a very interesting question to me, largely because it is about me, and when I take interest in things, I mean really take interest, sink my teeth in, they're usually almost entirely about me, and I think that if I was to tell the hidden story of Bart Flom. It would go something like this. I was a boy brought up in Manchester to a household of incredibly rough and, and tumble industrialists. I mean, my, 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 my pa owned several factories and he was always making all the decisions and telling people what to do. My entire life was about optimization. I mean, everything to this man was a system. B making breakfast was a system. Sunday morning pancakes was a system to be optimized and executed with the greatest possible precision and efficiency. And, and this, this was something that I lived with for my entire life. I mean, I was always told, optimize, make more efficient. And, and we never really enjoyed anything. I mean, that was not the point whatsoever. I mean, even Ma was, was caught up in this incredible uh, f familial cult of optimization and efficiency. I, I can remember when she used to tuck me in and every night she'd time herself and see if she could tuck me in faster and kiss me on the forehead faster and have the, all the blankets always aligned at exact right angles. 
irregardless of my comfort level, she would just tuck me in so tight. And she said it was more efficient to tuck me in so tight that I couldn't really move during the the night time. And then in the morning, she'd kind of pull me out of bed without disrupting it. And it would only take a slight modification to get the bed back to exactly made. I mean, this is where I come from. This is the kind of Manchester um, manufacturing mentality. And in a way, my entire childhood was manufactured. I mean, I went to boarding school, I, I got grades, and the grades were the entirety of my identity to everybody there. I mean, I, I, can, count the, I can count on one hand the number of times I've heard somebody say my name. You know, my full name. Bark Floam. I mean, my family refuses to use my new name since I changed it in 1994 when I discovered that I loved trees more than I loved industrial manufacturing. And this was really the root of the entire rift with my family. You know, they couldn't get it. To them, a tree was just a resource. And as I've said before in episode 321, Surviving the Winter in Canada, where I'm in the Arctic tundra, well, just below the Arctic tundra, where there's the taiga, where there's still trees, I say something like this. Some people see this tree and think it's an inanimate object. But in reality, it is a living being made almost entirely out of wood. If I were a lumberjack or a sawmill, I could make useful goods and services out of this tree. And see, you see there, I'm still echoing the very origins of this this kind of uh, goods-driven gestalt. This this kind of uh, this this commodification, really, of the entire world around me. And I have struggled through survival of some of the harshest climates that this planet has to offer, because I'm bark flowing to find a decommodified reality. A reality that wasn't about optimization and efficiency. A reality that was about trees and little leafy plants that you can eat on a cliffside by a beach. Which is where I am now. Cabin Guy here. Uh, wow, Bark. That was uh, that was quite a little look into your, uh, your past theory. I... Uh, I think I understand a little bit more about uh, who you are and uh, where you come from. Rando here. Uh, yeah, dude, that was pretty deep. Um, right on. And this, I think, is the beginning of an entirely new phase where I'm going to be more about surviving my internal landscape rather than the harshest, most extreme environments on the planet Earth. Because when it comes down to it, I mean, when we really get to the point of the matter, I can escape the harshest, most extreme environments on the planet. But I cannot escape my inner landscape. Thank you. I'm Bark Floam. I'm Randall Nara. You know, my cabin gay. I would like to thank you for sharing this journey with us.
Okay, this is uh, Cabin Guy here, and I'd like to uh, suggest that you insert some uh, good dramatic music here at the end. Uh, something kind of introspective so we can like think about all the stuff we learned today. Okay, that's all. Thanks, Lee.